It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 5th of August. Thurl Bailey joins us for the summer interview series about what he sees up close about the Utah Jazz and the rebuilt roster. Plus, we'll talk about No Christmas and Bojan Bogdanovic. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot more fun for you to be a jazz fan each and every day of the offseason. Thanks very much for everybody who has been tuning in. Our numbers this summer have been great, um, actually really big, uh, so thank you. Appreciate Andy Larson and Ron Boone who took the time to do podcasts with us. Thurl Bailey is up this week and have uh, hopefully a little Tony Jones, though I haven't communicated with him yet, next week, Craig Bolajak the week after. So we'll, we'll continue the the summer interview series run until it's time for the guys to come into town, though it does look like Mike Conley uh, is in town right now for the Jazz. Your uh, Thurl Bailey will join us coming up here on the summer interview series. All right, let's get to the Utah Jazz lead story of the day. No Christmas Day game for the Jazz as the schedule begins to be leaked out a little bit here around things involving the Utah Jazz and the rest of the NBA. No Christmas Day for the Jazz after last year when they got Christmas Day games. Serious bummer, I think, as a fan. It was great to have that natural spotlight. Probably a really big bummer for the players as well. Uh, Though I loved Rudy Gobert's responses. I'd rather play in June than in Christmas. Uh, I think, you know, it matters, right? It matters to these guys to be in this spotlight, to have it. It's it's important to Utah to have it, uh, particularly because of the fact that uh, the Jazz... Um, are, you know, not always that highly thought of. But frankly, I don't think we can complain a great deal. Denver had a better record than we did last year. Denver has a, um, went further in the playoffs than we did last year and didn't have a Christmas game last year. Uh, so they, you know, I, I have a hard time trying to complain about that. What I think we'll probably see when the schedule comes out this week is that there's something related to that. Like that we're really far on the East Coast, um, and that for uh, and we're coming playing the 23rd or something on the East Coast, and for us to come back by the 25th, they actually wanted to give us an extra day off, and we play the 26th at home, or that on the 26th we're actually heading east, which would be the bad scenario because that means you leave. Or the, the 26th we're actually playing in the east, that would be the bad scenario. That's where we're um, we end up playing. You know, you miss Christmas that way uh, as a as a dad and a husband. So that would be the. But I think you'll see that. Maybe you will see that Denver was closer in regards to New Orleans. You know, let's be honest about what Christmas Day is. It's the number one promotional day that exists for the NBA. Zion Williamson is the next LeBron James. If he can keep his weight down, this guy has every chance to be the next game-changing player of the league. Of course they're putting him on Christmas Day. Patrick Ewing was, I'm certain, on Christmas Day. Uh, LeBron James, I'm certain, was on Christmas Day. Kevin Durant was probably on Christmas Day. Like this, I think actually it was a Seattle-Portland Christmas Day, hoping to have Greg Oden against Kevin Durant. You know, you're going to put these players on Christmas Day. That's that's not a surprise. So 
I don't think you can really complain about that and understand what the day is. You know, by the way, the one note I said there that I think is important to, to talk about in regards to Zion Williamson, if you look at the history of this league, there are because and particularly now that the pace is up the way it is, you don't find a lot of players over 270 pounds that are able to stay healthy. The latest check on Zion Williamson is that he's 284 pounds. That's not going to work, by the way. Um, it's a little bit of also what Joel Embiid is going through, trying to keep him healthy. You know, Joel Embiid is reportedly 250. That's not true. LeBron's 250. Um, that you know, Nikola Jokic, who's a big dude, is 250. The mount you're moving up and down, you weigh over 270 pounds, and you are in trouble. NBA players that have weighed over 270 uh, or over 280, really, is the research I did, but I think you can take it to 270, don't play a lot. They end up Nikola Pekovic, Eddie Curry, Yao Ming. Shaq is actually one of the healthiest players of all time who are able to play at, who's able to play at that level. Um, and it, that has to be a real concern about him. Andre Drummond is a big dude, and he's actually stayed pretty healthy. I don't know um, what his official weight is, but that's a guy who I've always watched. But he, I mean, that is just a mammoth, mammoth man. And he's at 280, and he's been able to do it at 78 and 79 games a year. So he might really be the exception to the rule. But if you think about the big guys who are able to actually, you know, they're, they're 250, 260, and if you go back to Andre Drummond's career, frankly, they talk about in the 2017 season when he suddenly got healthier, he lost about 30 pounds. So for just on a side note about Zion Williamson, that's going to be a major, major issue to him. For the Jazz, as the schedule comes out, you know, you're going to what – we, what we don't want to see is that Denver and Portland and New Orleans get all the national TV games that all these guys signed here to build this better team and then they're not going to get any national pub. That'll be something that's worth taking a look at uh, as the schedule comes out this week is do, you know, if you're not getting Christmas and you're in this small marketplace, do you get some of those national TV games? It is important to the players and it is important to how the franchise is perceived around the league and it you know, success is a bigger deal, obviously. Coaching and general manager got the free agents in. But this is a little piece of that puzzle that matters to the players is how many national TV games do we get? And then the other one that's worth watching, by the way, um, you know, the league is restricted on how many times they can put the Lakers and Clippers on tele- national television and the Warriors last year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in regards to who you're playing. One thing they'll often do is take a Utah-Denver game, Utah-Portland game, put both of them on television at the same time so that they can get take care of that singular game. All right, schedule will come out this week. We'll take a look at that and see how it plays out. Uh, before we get to Thurl Bailey, one other thing I wanted to look at uh, and kind of comment to you about is I've been trying to get an understanding of Bojan Bogdanovic's game, and, and I'll continue to look at it more. I, I was watching Synergy and watching uh, uh, some Second Spectrum stuff, and you know, honestly, it didn't give me a great feel on who he was. So I actually just went and downloaded, and, and frankly, I downloaded some of his better Indiana games um, last year. I. I I cherry-picked it, so I'm not scouting him for any purpose. I figured I might as well get games where he's impactful in games after Victor Oladipo went down when he was when he was impactful. Um, and so I, I went 
to go watch some of those, and I'm going to continue to do so. It's been a really interesting um, thing to watch. I'm going to watch some of the Celtics playoff games where they get swept to see if there's anything you can see that's not as good. Um, but, you know, I went and grabbed. He dropped 37 on Minnesota and, I, and hit four of seven from three. Um, a few things that I, I've noticed, um, he had an incredible game. I'm going to watch. He had 35 against Denver. They just blew him out. I think Denver must have been on the back-to-back or something and wasted. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Um, but I just kind of watch some of these games. What, what jumps out to me um, a little bit is – they he's really used a lot like Clay Thompson. I mean, they have him running around everywhere, coming off picks, moving around in that fashion. Um, you know, not just a spot up shooter. He does have the ability to go down in the post a little bit and go take someone down in the post and play out of the post a tiny bit. We don't have a lot of guys that do that. Um, but they do. They run him around often like a a Clay Thompson or things of that nature. What will be interesting to see on that is, and the one thing I always worry about players like that, it's a little bit what I worry about J.J. Redick and his impact as good as he is and Kyle Korver, is when you're running one guy around like that, it's very hard to have anyone else moving. And particularly if you want to give them the freedom to go to either side, you really have to stagnate. Like, J.J. Redick is playing on the baseline and wants to be able to go either way. You really have to hold everybody else in their spot so they can go to work. I don't know if Bogey's going to be exactly in that fashion, but it's worth keeping an eye on. That's difficult. That's a different way to play than we do. You know, the easy answer is to have both of them coming off picks and sprinting out and picking which side and running a little floppy action and things of that nature. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not that's exactly how you use him. So I'm going to watch some more of it. It was an eye open, not a concern, but it also might mean he might be a really good second unit player where you do turn it over to him a little bit and, and, and let him kind of run around a little bit. All right, Thurl Bailey's coming up on the program. We're going to, he expanded his role this year, uh, with the team. So we're going to keep an eye. Uh, on that and talk about just kind of what he saw by being up close and what he took from Quinn and and things of that sort uh, in the opening segment. Then we'll dig into the team. That's the plan uh, for today's with Big T, Thurl Bailey. He'll be with us all week as we usually do on the summer interview series. And, of course, any thank yous to him at, at Big T Bailey on Twitter are greatly appreciated. They they matter a lot on guys like Ron and Thurl and uh, letting them know that they really like the show. Uh, they give us an hour of their time. It's awfully nice of them uh, to do that. So if you get a chance. Hey, have you grabbed the new Locked On NFL. It is fabulous. It was in the top 100 of uh, charts the whole week long last week, and uh, very impressive uh, work by everyone. It's one of the hottest NFL shows around. Matt Williamson bringing the scouts inside with host Brian Peacock. Uh, Matt Longtime NFL guy, over 20 years of experience, has a unique take on the game. So follow Locked On NFL on your favorite podcast provider. Today's show is brought to you in part by Homie. We've talked to you a lot about everything Homie does uh, for you when you're listing your house. They also sell houses. You've seen the funny bright teal billboards around town and heard me talk about how you can hire Homie and save thousands, but you may not know a licensed local Homie agent can also help you buy any home for sale. So I asked why would you choose Homie agent against the traditional agent customer rave about their service and they do so with most agents can't or what they give up five thousand dollars back to help closing costs and fees homie will refund five thousand dollars back to you so you can buy more home with your money text lock to eight eight five eight eight that's lock to eight eight five eight eight to find out more about what you can do to get your dream home tour homes negotiate prices and get that five thousand dollars back that's locked to eight eight five eight eight Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. 
multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. The Summer Interview Series continues. Special thanks to Ron Boone and Andy Larson, who joined us in Weeks 1 and 2. Those are what we call evergreen interviews. So if you didn't catch those already, go back when you're done with this one and go back to listen to old Locked on Jazz and get it. Thurl Bailey, whose role last year was greatly increased on the broadcast, maybe even this year as well, did a bunch of games on TV, spent a lot more time around the team than he had in the past, and he joins us now for the Summer Interview Series. That's actually where I want to start, Big T. Is, wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. First of all, first of all, you know how sensitive I am. Uh oh. You, you, you just—I uh, was third on your list. Well, okay. Wrong so, <laughs> right. Okay. So, you're actually. So you're gonna get I'm me ready to cry, David. No, no, because I'm just gonna assume that Bowler doesn't listen to the show. Okay. So, if you really think about it, you're second on the list. Okay. You know, I can take seconds. Because the way, I hear Ron Boone the, the way I'm doing it is I'm doing jazz broadcast, media person, jazz broadcast, media person, jazz broadcast, media person. Okay. So, so, you, we we so, can move forward now. So you were second. So now Bowler <laughs> hates me. But if you would like to know, I will publicly announce as much as we had a wonderful lunch together in Minnesota, as much as I adore having you on the road, Ron goes first. Yeah, absolutely. And I get that. I understand that. Okay. All right. All right, as long as we're okay. cool. Okay, so now that we've established that, um, what before we get into the remake of this team and everything, being that up close again, I mean, you were always engaged, but this year you were really, I mean, you came to practice all the time. You came to practice when you didn't need to. You came to shoot around when you didn't need to. Um, what did you see? What What was your, like, now what's your viewpoint differently than maybe it was before being that close to this team for an entire year? Well, I, I think one of the reasons that I, I came a lot was because, you know, us old guys, we have, we get stuck in the time machine sometimes. You know, we have this sense of in our minds and, and, and how we played, how the game should be, and how we remember seeing it. And we, you know, we kind of dwell on that a little bit, sometimes maybe too much. And we forget um, or, or we were removed sometimes from kind of the evolution of, uh, of how this game is played, even though we watch a lot of games. And, and practice is a way to really get down to the brass tacks of, uh, it's, it's the lab, right? I mean, when I talk to you, I, I sit down and I get a modicum of information 
sometimes an overload <laughs> of <laughs> overload of information of, of analytics and, and and your viewpoint on certain things and why the numbers make sense and why things work and why they don't. And you know, at some point, you, you you have to come to grips with that that those all those things are important in this game today. And we didn't have all that stuff back then. We didn't have the access to it. Uh, so it, it's really good now to be able to get in the lab kind of with, with everybody, not just the team, coach, but with you and and Bowler and, and you know, and Booner to get different perspectives, things that I might miss that you see. And, and I may be looking at something and you throw a stat at me and I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But directly... Um, I, I, I think what I've really become a fan of is the way that Quinn Snyder coaches the way at this level, he's got a bunch of guys that don't have to buy in. Right. I mean, when I played, everybody didn't buy in. And, and so, you know, to be able to see that in motion, see how that works and then be able to sit with, or come on the radio with you and, and talk with you and Booner. Um, it's just a whole different world, really is. And it's something that you wish a lot of other people could experience. Why do they buy into Quinn? It's so different. We've heard the grumbles from Trey Lyles about practice time. Some of that's actually true. Why do they buy into Quinn? Well, first of all, buying in is a choice, right? I mean, you're, you're a high-paid athlete, and... First of all, at some level, everybody's coachable. Um, but I think it really is, uh, it is, it, it's really about Quinn and the type of approach he takes, not just to the game, but to the players. Um, he's no nonsense. And we've seen that. We, we, we know the communication that he has with each and every player. He's not afraid to call a guy out as a star. Um, but I think they buy in because they know that it works. They know that uh, even if some days it may not look like things are coming together, um, it's, it's the way this team can win. I, can't, I won't say the only way they can win, but for the most part to be consistent when it's shown that if they buy into it, that they do have a, a defensive presence, a defensive first mindset, um, that whatever happens on offense, that, that that can keep you in a lot of games. Now, on the other side of the coin, you've got different types of offensive players in this league of three-point shooting now, where it's not a high-risk shot anymore. Um, and I finally agree with you on that. I did maybe a couple <laughs> of years ago. But, uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons in there, but the bottom line is it has to start with Quinn, and he, he's got to prove that credibility that what he's teaching is going to work for the squad. Well, now it's a very different team. We'll get into the specifics, but let's take the big part. You've got their adults. They're all plus, almost all of them are plus 30 now. Does this team react differently? Is it going to be a tougher sell for Quinn to get this group, or does is it going to be an easier sell for Quinn with a bunch of a mature 30-plus-year-old adults have been added to this team? Well, I think it's easier. I think it's easier because, you know, if, if you're a player that, that has decided to, to come play, 
for Quinn's team, you've done your homework. You know what you're getting, it, it, you know, for somewhat, or for the most part, you know what you're getting with what's Quinn's matter because you've played against it, right? Uh, you've had a chance to experience, um, you know, how defensive-minded, patient on offense, uh, you know, a, a young, maturing guy who you've given the reins to who has just surprised people the last couple of years and is going to get better. And so you, you those players that are coming in, whether it's, you know, Davis or Bogdanovich or Mike Conley, you're saying, you know, these guys have something going here that I might I want to be a part of, and I think we can we can get to a place where none of us have been yet. So uh, I, I think it's going to be easier. I, I think because of the players' knowledge of knowing what they're what what to expect in a sense, um, but also because I think Quinn is that type of a guy who is going to have his philosophy, but but he'll know you so well. You know, he knows what Mike Conley can bring, and he'll sit down with Mike and say, you know, where do you like it? You know, where, what side of the floor you want to be on? So a coach who is that thorough, I think, is going to be a player's coach and, and be able to have some wicker room to, to maybe make some mistakes, but, but get right back in there and, and, and follow the game plan. He's the terrific Thurl Bailey. We're going to get into some of the specifics. What does Mike Conley do for the Utah Jazz? And more as we continue with Big T. It's the summer interview series. Thurl Bailey along with us here on Locked on Jazz. If you're a fantasy football player, make sure you catch Locked on Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. 20 years plus in the business, Vinny Iyer gives you the edge with his unique takes on things. You don't want to be listening to all the same shows everybody else does, so get the edge from Vinny. He'll put you ahead on draft day and all season long. It's Locked on Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch. Chevy out in Woods Cross, Tyson and the guys do such a great job. I drove that Equinox for a long time. The Blazer is the one I'm hoping to get in as I'm about to switch cars and um, really hoping that I can get into that new Blazer because it looks super sweet. The SUV lineup, you know, the great truck lineup, which is the Colorado and the Silverado. You know, the amazing Tahoe, you know, the Suburban Well, step down from that. Size-wise, still pretty fabulous. You've got the Blazer, you've got the Equinox, you've got the Trax. They're doing amazing things. Let me go back to that Silverado truck right now because you can open a door to a new Chevy at 20% below MSRP on all 2019 double cab pickups. That basic, that's about ten, a little under $10,000 below the regular MSRP. So fabulous deals going on at Murdoch Chevy right now. Chevy and Murdoch's have been tied together for 90 years in Utah. It's pure Americana. It is what Chevy, the American truck brand, the Murdoch's have been in Utah forever. The two of them are the perfect match. Check them out in Logan as well as in Woods Cross. And while you're there, check out that 2019 Blazer. It's pretty sweet. I'm hoping I, I'm lucky enough uh, to get to drive it coming up here uh, shortly. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. to try to give you extended hours to keep their service open from 7.30 to 6.30. These are the things that are the Murdoch difference. Going to give you every little thing they can. That's the no regrets policy of the Murdoch family. It's Murdoch Chevy. Check it out in Woods Cross as well as in Logan. 
Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Big T, he is the point guard, Mike Conley. He's one of the most respected players in the league. He was teammate of the year, sportsmanship of the year. He's often quoted as the most underrated. I've, I'll be honest, I've always said I think he's perfectly rated. He is a borderline all-star, incredibly good player. And he's Mike Conley now of the Utah Jazz. What does this do for the franchise? Well, first of all, I think when you you look at all the, the really great point guards in the last few years, of the um, I, I think Mike has been overshadowed somewhat. One, because of the, the team he was on and the kind of basketball that was played there, the, you know, being, being the grind-out type of philosophy, um, and also maybe some injuries plagued him a little bit. But he's got a lot of basketball left, and I think he's at the age now where he gets that he understands uh, his game and, and what he can add to an organization. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I know everybody's excited to see what – what he can bring to the Utah Jazz, but I mean, we know the things that he he can do well. And, you know, you've got the, the stats. You know, you're the guy who can kind of rattle off where he what he's good at and where he's been not so good at. But what I do know from what I've seen is he's a really good floor leader. He's the kind of guy who understands offenses, who can make other guys like Donovan Mitchell better, Rudy Gobert better, um, and also get his. What was most interesting to me, and none of the stats actually, was talking to uh, Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff, about Mike Conley. And he talked about his understanding of the flow of the game and getting other guys going, and then in the fourth quarter just being the biggest beep-de-beep on the planet if you need him to be. And and I, I thought that was from, you know, there's a guy who's coached him, right? I thought that was maybe the most interesting thing I heard from anyone about him. Well, I think you, you need to have a couple of those kind of guys on teams today to be successful. And the Jazz haven't really, they've had one, a young one, who has not really proven in Donovan Mitchell um, yet that, you know, that he's a game-winning player. I think he's getting there. I think we've seen signs of it. But I think with the addition of Mike Conley, um, understanding, you know, where the ball needs to be and when he needs to keep it and, and now having a couple of threats out there who can handle the ball and, and score and, and put everybody in position to, 
to be successful. Um, I think that's where every team needs to be. Some teams have three, you know, but I think you need to have at least a couple of those guys consistently to be able to be successful and get to the next level as far as trying to get a ring. We're going to dig into Donovan uh, a little bit more here in just a minute. I want to I want to stay on Conley if we can for a minute. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll we'll do Donovan in tomorrow's show or in Wednesday's show. Um, what I, I know we don't want to be critical. You know, you don't want to bash him out the door. But Ricky had some nice qualities. He also couldn't shoot. Yeah. Um, his heart and soul was unbelievable. We all we all know the good things. I'm not trying to ignore them. But the fact that he couldn't shoot and that he wasn't a threat shooting. What did you see and how that impacted the team and how will that be most noticeably different to people that you have a point guard that can shoot? Well, I think, I think it's about consistency. You know, when Ricky first got, came to the Jazz, everything was about pass first, point guard, um, and he's a better shooter. And nobody ever said he was a great shooter. I don't think he ever said that. Um, but it was the inconsistency, I think, that that really uh, was was prevalent and highlighted in, in games that you know he would have a, a few big games and all of a sudden he kind of disappear. He might have a few assists here. I always thought that he should be a guy who at least averaged a double double every game, or just about every game. He could have. I think he he should be a double double machine. I also think that uh, when the injury bug hit him and Donovan was thrust into the position to play point guard and he was very successful at it, I think it maybe maybe played on on Ricky's psyche a bit. Uh, you know, and I think naturally it would any any player, um, because in some instances this is no this is no a knock on Ricky, but in some instances Donovan played that position a little bit better um, on, on the given nights that he did than, than, than Ricky did, you know, a lot of the year. So uh, I'm sure it was part of his psyche. I'm sure towards the end of the year, uh, you know, if I'm a player, if I'm Ricky Ruby, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe they, they don't necessarily need me as much as they may have earlier. But I think he's still a really good player. He's got a lot of great basketball in him. Listen, he got paid. And he's going to have an opportunity to show what he has elsewhere. They're going to rebuild this locker room, right? I mean, uh, it's unique. It's it's Conley with two veterans that came just to be with him, and Ed Davis and Jeff Green. It's Rudy's team to some extent, but it's Donovan's the star. And uh, everything I've read about Bogdanovich is he's one of the most quiet guys you're going to be around in the league. How, what does it take to rebuild a locker room, or does is this overblown? I don't think it's overblown, especially with where we're talking about these players are going to be playing with the Utah Jazz. I mean, come on, D. You know, I don't know how many years you want to go back, maybe six, seven, maybe even three or four. I'm not even sure. You know, you have Mike Conley in my eyes is, you know, he's a high-profile guy. He's a guy who, you know, very valuable guy. You know, at one time, highest paid player in the league. And you've got a guy that's saying, I want to go to Utah. And you've got that same guy talking to a few other guys who could have a big impact on the team and say, hey, guys, this, this is going to be the place to be. I mean, when has that happened? It has not, Thurl. 
All right. So, you know, I, I think there's something to that. I think a lot of it has to do with, with Dennis Lindsay, obviously, and, and the way that he does his job, Zanuck, and, and, and also uh, with Quinn Snyder, the way he has taken this team every single year and, and pushed them. And, uh, you know, we've got defensive player of the year twice out of Rudy Gobert. That's not nothing. So I think we're in a, in a place now where when you look in that locker room, you're looking at guys who are thinking about a championship ring. And I'm not sure that's been talked about a lot over the years since Carl and John, uh, that era with Bulls. So I, I think we're, we may be at that point now where we can at least start, um, you know, putting that into, into the discussion that, Okay, although the West is going to be tough, the Jazz could be one of the teams that could come out of the West and buy for a championship. And there, there's an argument that could be made that there has only been one season in Jazz history where they've ever talked championship. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. It would be the year after the finals. We talked about the finals up until making the finals. No one ever talked about the championship uh, until making yeah. the finals. That, That's and particularly right. the Western Conference lost to the Blazers the first time, but the second one of the Sonics was so painful to everybody that no one talked about going anywhere but the finals. They didn't talk about the championship until they had the number one seed. Uh, and there and, is and, – go ahead. And listen, and, and we're talking on paper, obviously. Right. I mean, listen, the other teams have gotten better too. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, I but, mean – I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance we're very similar to the Milwaukee Bucks of last year, where you could be the number one seed and not the best playoff team. Good point. Which would be good. Like I got no problems with that. That was there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He's Thurl Bailey. He's Thurl Bailey. We're going to dig into Donovan on tomorrow's show. Thanks for uh, tuning in to today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Uh, you can follow Thurl on Big. T. Bailey on Twitter. You can even send him a thank you for coming on. We'd greatly appreciate it. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.